Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Economics Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping young people be successful with money. Join us as we discuss personal finance, financial literacy, investing, the psychology behind being financially fit, and much more. Here's your host, Jerry Dixon. Good evening this time here. Um, We are, or I am, recording a little nighttime session. Usually I get my recordings in in the morning, um, usually on the weekends when I'm bright and chipper, um, but things have been very busy. Um, life has been very busy, work has been very busy, and so I'm coming to you um, when the sun is down instead of when it's just rising. So hopefully you all are doing very well. Um, get a couple housekeeping pieces out of the way as usual. Um, if you find this podcast helpful, um, if you are just starting to listen, um, we've had a ton of new listeners over the past, I would say, two to three weeks, tons of new listeners. Um, so if, if you're new to the podcast and you haven't really heard me um, give my spiel, which you probably have because I do it every episode, um, but if you haven't heard me give my spiel about reviews, um, reviews and subscribing on the various pod cla- podcast platforms, excuse me, um, namely Spotify for subscribing and Apple Podcasts for reviewing, Um, Those things greatly help the podcast get in front of more new people, um, which is absolutely incredible. It's absolutely awesome. Um, It's the best way to get the podcast in front of new folks that are searching for things like personal finance or investing or or what have you, some of the things that we talk about here. Um, So if you have learned anything, if you enjoy this podcast, um, if you want to support future episodes, future services, future different types of content that I'm working on now, Um, subscribing on Spotify and reviewing on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts is the best way to do so. So that's the end of my spiel. Um, This episode is going to be a little bit different, a little bit more personal, I guess you could say. Um, I And you guys have probably gotten snippets if if you've listened um, from episode one, Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about myself and my financial journey so you can get an idea of where I'm coming from, what I've done that's good, what I've done that's um, been a mistake, what I've learned, what my, what, just what my journey has looked like because we've spent a lot of time together uh, and I think it would be important to get a little bit more personal so you can understand kind of why I do what I do, why I talk about what I talk about. Um, and why I'm so passionate, you know, why I've made it 61 episodes in and counting, and, and uh, I don't have any intentions of stopping. Uh, but, you know, talking on one subject for, I think, I think the first episode launched in October of 2020. So getting close to about a year. And talking on one subject for that long, um, a lot of people would get bored with it. Um, or maybe you feel like you run out of things to talk about. Um, but, you know, I, I feel so passionate about finance and money and money management because, it, number one, it's something every single person in the world um, will run into in some form or facet, okay? Uh, it's something that we all have to navigate, and it's something that a lot of us don't do well, myself included, um, we'll get into that a little bit. We'll we'll talk a little bit about my journey and some of the mistakes I've made. Um, but a lot of us don't do it well. And I have found through doing it better as the years have gone on, because um, I'm not perfect. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to come across that way that I'm somebody that's figured it out and I don't make any mistakes or I don't have temptations or, you know, I don't do stupid things. I, I still do that to this day. 
And I want to be transparent with that because I think a lot of people that you run into on the internet only give advice and talk about what we should be, you should be doing right and about all the good decisions they've made, but they don't talk about the dumb decisions they've made. Um, and I just find it hard to believe that all of the talking heads out there um, don't make decisions that maybe they wouldn't be proud to share with people, I guess you could say. Um, in the finance community, I think that you're kind of shunned if you uh, make a dumb decision <laughs> uh, and and you don't want to share that, especially when you're you're a talking figure in this community. So I want to just talk a little bit about that. Um, so let's just kind of start from the beginning. So I grew up in a in in a family that didn't have a ton of money. Um, my family started earning more money in my later years um, and my my, you know, my, my sister's a lot younger than me. Um, I believe 12 or 30, I think 12 years younger than myself. And her view of money, and I guess I should say the experience that she had growing up with my family was much different than what I had. I grew up in a great home with great parents. Um, it was a single family. It was just me and my mom for up until I was about 12 years old, 13 years old. Uh, and then my mom met my, my stepfather, and, you know, he's still in the picture to this day. Um, but all that being said, you know, I didn't have a rough upbringing. I had a great upbringing. Um, but particularly in the earlier years, really up until my mid-teens to late teens, you know, money was always tight. And money wasn't something that was really talked about often. Um, I knew nothing about investing. Um, I knew nothing about emergency funds or 401ks or anything like that growing up. It just wasn't mentioned. It just wasn't something that was on the radar um, because, you know, money was something that was, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say rare, but wasn't in, there wasn't an abundance. There wasn't margin every month. Like I talk about, it was very much a paycheck to paycheck environment. So there really wasn't much room for of discussion for, you know, investing and, and thinking long-term. It was more thinking short-term and what can we, you know, what can we do now to pay the bills and what can we, what little money can we stash together to enjoy um, our time? And like I said, I had a great childhood, you know, so um, definitely that, that, and I, I don't know, you know, even thinking kind of retrospectively now, I don't know if the paycheck to paycheck upbringing that I had created a desire in me to make money and save money and invest money and think about my future as much as I do. I, I'm not sure. Maybe it did. Um, but I can just always remember at an early age having or just loving money. Um, I remember counting. I, I would I would count my money all the time when I got it when I was younger and I would uh, sort, this is embarrassing, but the dollars that I would have, I would sort numerically from, I don't even know what you call it, like the serial number on the dollar bills. You know, I made sure that my money was in order. Um, and, and I wasn't a great saver, you know. I loved earning money, but I loved spending money. Um, I was a big Yu-Gi-Oh! guy back in the day. So every, in sports cards, football cards in particular, so every extra drop of cash that I had went toward, you know, probably food, junk food, um, and Yu-Gi-Oh cards, especially as I, you know, turned nine, 10, 11 years old and sports cards, um, throughout those years and even before. Um, so I was never a great saver, but I always liked money. Um, it's, it's very cliche, but I was the kid that was finding any way to make money, 
um, that I could. So I would um, resell things. I remember taking, um, when I lived in Texas for, for about a year or two years, whenever my parents first got married, my stepdad was, is from Texas, or he was living in Texas at the time. And I remember taking my Yu-Gi-Oh cards door to door trying to make money, um, didn't sell any. Um, I remember picking flowers at the house um, and taking those door to door, and I did make some money doing that. Um, later on in my t- in my early teens, I started a lawn care business. Um, you know, created a little website with my dad, um, and dropped postcards at all the houses on my street. Um, got a couple yards, couple accounts, and started a business with my buddy, um, where we would push the lawnmower or ride his riding lawnmower um, to the various <laughs> uh, uh, people that signed up for our services, and we made money throughout the summer. Um, I think most of the winters in my um, early teens and even younger, and for sure even younger um, than that, we would, with the same friend, go door to door in the neighborhood um, when there was snow and we would make several hundred dollars on on snow days. Um, No, we would not spend our time playing. We would spend our time um, going out and earning money and working. So that was just always kind of in me. You know, I, I... from the second I turned 16, the second I could get a job, I went with my parents and applied at the grocery store and, and had a job on my birthday. Um, and I've carried a job consistently ever since. Um, I didn't go to, to university. I didn't go to college. I um, happened my way through, through a friend. Um, so I guess we'll take it back too. So I, I was a, a grocery sacker, um, grocery bagger, whatever you call it, at a grocery store here. And got approached my boss to become a pharmacy tech. So I was a pharmacy tech for about four years. Um, absolutely hated that job. Um, in retrospect, I'm immensely grateful for it because it really springboarded me into what I did after that. But um, absolutely hated that job, and I wanted to quit all the time. My my parents always convinced me, stick with it, stick with it, it'll pay off. Um, so throughout high school, um, I kept this job and worked at that job even after my senior year for a bit making pretty good money. I think I ended when I quit, and this was back in 2010, but when I quit, I was making, I think, thirteen fifty to $14 an hour. I'm still living at home, 18 years old. You know, it's, that's good money. I didn't have any bills, and so um, I spent my money on hanging out with friends and or just put it in savings, you know? And again, at this time in my life, I didn't know anything about investing. Um, the stock market was something that I... I knew existed, but I thought it was for grown adults that knew exactly what they were doing, not for passive investors um, that are looking to, you know, make a, a good return each year. That that just never is something that I thought of. I didn't know even what a four hundred one k was, so I didn't contribute at this job either, which I should have in retrospect. But that's just kind of where I was at. But I was always a hard worker. So about, I think I was nineteen years old. I was dating my now wife. Um, and it wasn't for long, but I was at this pharmacy job. I was just really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I was very much into music. And so what I decided to do um, after high school was I was debating, I guess, between two things. I wanted to either join the military, which I carried that desire really up until just a couple years ago. I've always just been intrigued by the military and think I would enjoy that structure and that challenge. But I was either going to join the military, I was going to go to art school because I was very much into photography um, all throughout uh, high school, which is, again, one of my my hustles. I I did senior pictures and I did fine art and and portraits and all that stuff. I really enjoyed photography. Uh, So I was either going to join the military, I was going to go to art school in New York City because I always wanted to get out of my hometown. It's just kind of me and my my adventurous side. 
Um, or I was going to pursue music. Um, so when I was about 13 years old, I, I started guitar lessons, um, and I just kind of carried that that passion because I, I love music. Uh, I carried that passion throughout my high school years, and I even played guitar to this day. Um, but I was going to pursue music, so I was going to record an album, I was going to do shows locally, and I was going to see where that would take me. So those were kind of my three routes. The military, I basically chickened out on. <laughs> I went to a recruiter, I took the ASVAB, which is like their placement and aptitude test, scored very well on that test, like was getting ready to go take my physical and swear in, and a couple days before it was my time to go swear in, I, I uh, backed out, called my recruiter and told him I, I didn't want to do it. So that was kind of off the table. Um, at the tail end of my senior year, I got a, um, I applied to this, this pretty, pretty prestigious, I guess you could say art school in New York city for photography. I did get accepted I had to make a, write a long page essay. I had to provide a portfolio of work that I had been working on. I ended up getting accepted to that school and got the acceptance letter. Um, and then I, I saw what the tuition and fees were going to be. And in, again, this is back in 2010, um, I think it was forty-three-ish thousand dollars a year, and so I thought, well, I don't really want to be, you know, a hundred and twenty-plus thousand dollars in debt for to get a, a degree in photography. And this is really when like smartphones, the phones were becoming really good. I can't remember if I don't think Instagram was out at the point, but you know, I just kind of looked looked at the future and I I thought, no, this probably isn't something I should drop six figures on. And so I decided against that. All the while, still working at the pharmacy. Um, so I decided I would do music. Um, now, I didn't really know what that that process would look like, but I finally um, uh, grew the balls, I guess you could say, to quit that pharmacy job, um, which was difficult. I'd been, again, working at that grocery store for over four years. Um, I think it was actually right about four years. And I decided to to sell my possessions or what really I had of them, and I took my 1995, I think it was, Nissan Maxima with over 200,000 miles, and I decided I was going to travel the country. So I left my then-girlfriend, um, which was very, very hard. I thought I probably would never return was my plan. I never wanted to necessarily come back. I was hoping that I'd find somewhere out west um, this rom- I had this romanticized, glamorized um, view of the West, which I still have to this day, to be honest with you. Um, and I was going to go, and I was going to find some town, and I was going to find a job, and I was just going to kind of make a life for myself. That was my plan. And this was after, I believe this was after, I'm trying to make sure my timeline is right, because it's a long time ago, but I believe this was after I had tried music for a few months, done a few shows here locally, and just decided... The solo music gig wasn't for me. Still love music. Again, still play to this day. Have my guitar literally right next to me as I'm recording. Um, but I decided that, you know, music wasn't for me um, in, in terms of a career. And so, you know, then I landed on, all right, I need to figure out what the heck I'm doing with my life. And so I decided to, um, I decided to take this trip out west. Never planned on returning. Well, while I was out, I went up to South Dakota and I drove through the Badlands. I camped out there and I... Um, went through Montana and I went to Yellowstone and camped there and I went to Washington and I went to the Olympic National Park and I drove through California through Redwood National Forest, I believe, or National Park, whatever it's called. Um, so I got to see all these things, but about halfway through my trip, probably at a, about a weekend, I caught the most serious case of strep throat that I had ever experienced in my life. Um, I'm a young, uh, young African-American man on the road in, in these small towns. And, you know, that, that just gives me a little bit of caution and a little bit of pause on where I stop and, 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 and all of that. And, you know, I had to 
stop in Sundance, Wyoming at the hospital that was in the old elementary school building, <laughs> converted elementary school building. And I had to go to the, the, the hospital. I had to get some medication. It was so bad that I couldn't sleep. I had chills. I couldn't swallow. I could barely breathe. My throat hurt so badly. I was, I was very, very sick. And I remember the doctor there told me that she had never seen a case of strep throat as bad as I had. My back of my mouth, my throat was completely full of white patches all the way down. So I got some antibiotics. I walked to the local pharmacy and uh, uh, mercantile, mercantile, mercantile store. I guess that's what that's called. Um, got my antibiotics and, and hit the road. And throughout this process, I um, realized that antibiotics are lovely. <laughs> they helped almost after the first night. And you know, I, I, I established a love affair with uh, Slurpees from the gas stations because it felt so good on my throat. And throughout this process, too, I, I had packed all of this um, food, like trail mix and granola bars, and I planned on just saving my money. I only had a couple thousand dollars when I left, and I planned on saving all my money and just eating the food that I brought, but um, th I found a tremendous comfort in Subway bacon uh, cheddar, whatever it is, uh, chicken bacon ranch, uh, full-size footlongs. <laughs> And I'm talking a love affair, you know, like I would drive eight hours a day and I would find a star or I would find a, a subway at a small town and I would um, stop there for the night and get my my foot long chicken bacon ranch. And I'd I'd find a, a parking lot or a trailhead and I would I would sleep there in my car or a rest area. And I, I just remember and I would eat my chicken bacon ranch and I, I would remember and find such great joy um, I had an, an iPod Classic, if you guys remember those, with a small little screen and the spin wheel. And I had a couple movies loaded on there. I had Jarhead with Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> and I had Into the Wild. I had those two movies. Um, I believe it was those two. I believe it was those two movies. But I found tremendous joy in eating my foot-long sub while watching Jarhead as the sun went down and I fell asleep in the backseat of my 95 Nissan Maxima. Um, and it's the small things that you realize that you really enjoy while you're out there on the road. And um, and I don't want to make this whole podcast about this trip, but it was a very pivotal moment of my life, not really related to finance, but uh, uh, related largely to, to who I am and, and my story as a whole. Um, you know, I drove through the mountains of Yellowstone and listened to Sufjan Stevens' full albums um, on repeat. I didn't have much music. And, uh, you know, it was just a perfect perfect way to set the stage uh for the the environment that I was seeing and you know as I as I and I had seen the mountains one time before in my life but never you know driven really through them or seen things like Yellowstone um so as I entered the the gate um through some town I can't remember and the, the gate this big archway to Yellowstone is I have it tattooed on my forearm um I was listening to a a song by Gunger um called You Have Me just about how how Jesus is personal and about how he cares about us and is with us every, every step of the way. And, um, I just began to cry as I, as I scaled the mountains and, and saw the geysers and the elk and the buffalo. Um, so it was a very personal trip, um, for me, you know, and it was a time where I could, I had to, I had to, uh, press against fear, you know, the fear of running out of gas in the middle of the night in the, um, Washington, forests in the mountains and not knowing if I was going to make it to the next town or if I was going to have to walk up to somebody's door and ask them for help. Um, and my, my charger on my phone was broken and I had no cell service, you know, so running into, um, um, obstacles like that, or, you know, running into obstacles of like just 
incredible sickness knowing that I can't just turn around 40 minutes and be home. Um, and having to, to take care of myself at 19 years old or, you know, the fear of being at a rest area um, in the middle of central California, not knowing anybody and just having to, to, to lay in the backseat of my car as, as cars pull in and out beside me, um, knowing that I would have to be okay. Uh, you know, and it was also an, uh, an immensely personal experience for me meeting some of these people on the road and uh, the people that I met just squelching the fear that I had going into the trip and learning that most people are good and most people care about you. You know, and even, even as I, it's funny, even as I re retell the story, um, it brings up emotions in me, you know, of, of how, what that experience was like for me. Um, but anyways, so I, I, the favorite part of my trip was either Yellowstone. I actually have a story where I um, was parked at a trailhead and I woke up really early. I had my dog, by the way. I forgot about that. I got a, I got a dog from a shelter um, and a couple of weeks later took it on this trip. <laughs> it's crazy. And again, I had this romanticized idea of, of never coming home and hitting the road with my dog and heading west. Um, so in Yellowstone, you know, I woke up at really, really early and it was very cold up in the mountains and um, I took my dog out to pee at this trailhead and all of a sudden the dog, you know, is off in the distance and just comes darting back and is clawing at the car trying to get in frantically. And I kind of looking around like, what is, you know, what's going on here? Why is the dog freaking out? And um, we were in a big open clearing, but all around us, maybe three to 500 feet away was the, the an edge of a tree that surrounded, that surrounded us on, on three sides. And all of a sudden from the, the, the tree's edge, I hear one wolf start howling. Goes, you know, way off in the distance and I kind of stand still and everything's still. And then I hear another wolf and another one and another one all surrounding me on three sides. And there's a pack of wolves, you know, so like that's something that I would I'll never forget. And also never forget being in Olympic National Park in Washington State at, you know, pretty much the most northwestern tip of the United States, um, the contiguous United States, and hiking through a rainforest only to break out into the ocean. And I'd never seen the ocean before. You know, 19 years old, I'd never seen the ocean before. And experiencing the tremendous joy and wave of emotions as I looked upon the cliffs and the breaking waves and uh, the tents that lined it that morning from campers um, the night before. I just remember feeling how amazing that was, and it truly was, even though, you know, I did head back, um, uh, and the trip only took about three weeks because I ran out of money and, and I was missing home. You know, it was one of the most pivotal moments of my life, and, you know, I'm still learning things about that um, and about what that trip meant to me, even to this day, even telling this story again, and it's planted a deep seed inside of me, again, just getting personal, uh, of adventure in nature. The happiest times of my life have been times where I'm out outdoors and I'm challenging myself outdoors and I'm seeing new things. And now I'm making my children a part of those experiences. Well, some of the happiest times uh, that, I, that I have and have had in my life. So I got back from this trip. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't really have a job lined up. So I started waiting tables at California Pizza Kitchen. That was a very, very hard job. And I developed over the four months that I was there an incredible appreciation for um, people in the service industry. 
Uh, it is a very, very hard job. And um, while during that time, um, I would say the relationship with my parents uh, wasn't great. You know, it, it, I just, I was ready to be on my own. I didn't want to conform to what they wanted me to, to conform to. I have a fantastic relationship with my parents now. Um, but I, I, through somebody at church, um, found a, a roommate. Never, never lived on my own, but I moved in with two guys and um, lived there for, I want to say maybe four to six months. I can't really remember, but I was waiting tables to earn my money and my, pay my rent and I was still now, you know, kind of redating, I guess you could say, my now wife and I'd moved out on my own. And again, I was um, always paying my bills. I, I didn't, I, there was never really a point in my life where I, I relied heavily on my parents financially once I started having a job. Um, so I was very much doing the same here. You know, I was working full time. Um, and still at this point, 19, 20 years old, did not have a good grasp of um, investing or any, any really good money habits. I just knew that I needed to make enough money to pay my bills and that I should probably save some after that. And I did. Well, my roommate um, worked for a, a large um, company. He was at a sales position. And he said that they were hiring customer service reps, customer support reps. So I ended up applying. I got that job solely because, might I add, I had the four-year um, track record of working at the pharmacy because they originally turned me down, but because I had spent four years all throughout high school at this pharmacy job, um, they called me back, and this lady, I heard the story later, but the lady that hired me talked to her manager and said, I have to have that guy. Um, and that's how I got my first big boy kind of corporate job. Worked at a big office, had to cube, the whole thing making fourteen fifty an hour, which was more money than I had ever um, really come into, especially with having virtually no expenses whatsoever. I ended up enrolling into my 401k at this position. Um, I ended up getting into sales after this customer support position, um, but again, still didn't have a great grasp of money. I didn't know what a 401k was, but everybody around me did it, and so I just decided I should do it as well. Didn't know it was investing of any kind. Um, generally knew it was a retirement account, but that's, I knew that I had a, a company match there, and so that's kind of what I, what I decided, to, uh, decided to do. Ended up through, I don't even know why, but ended up cashing out this 401k. Oh, I remember why. So after a couple years, I was in sales, learned a lot, ended up going to work for a family friend for his startup that didn't work out great. Um, so ended up leaving that position um, only after a few months. And so I had a newborn at this time, my oldest, which is now eight years old, um, had a wife that was staying at home that was not bringing in any income at the time um, and had no job. <laughs> so I ended up cashing out my 401k and we lived on that until I was able to get a job with a leasing company at an apartment complex, ended up leasing apartments over several years. Still at this time, no real knowledge of investing, no real money on good money habits. Again, I was at the point where I knew I needed to pay my bills and not be late with any of my bills. Um, and we lived very meagerly, buying everything secondhand, you know, not spending more than we made. I was a stickler on that. Um, but we made it by, you know, we, we did what we could and we made it by. So after this position, I ended up, uh, getting a job at a company, um, that sold marketing again, it was remaining in sales, left the leasing job for various reasons. They changed my commission structure and I was making way less money. Um, so I got this job and that's really where my sales career kind of started. 
So uh, they had a great sales training program. Um, I was at that job for about two and a half years. I made relationships that I still hold to this day at that job. And I'm sure some of you are listening. Um, and we all kind of joke about <laughs> the the young ragtag group of uh, young men trying to make their way in the world. Um, we were all kind of in that similar spot in life where, you know, we were trying to make money and none of us really loved our job, but, um, you know, we were, we, were making, we were making good cash, you know. So I, I was at that job for a while. Started to get a little bit interested in money. I think at this point, maybe I had just been introduced to Dave Ramsey. Um, I specifically remember reading about Bitcoin at this point. I think Bitcoin might have been... Man, it might have been $240 a Bitcoin. And I remember talking to uh, my friend that I actually work with now. Um, he, was, he was my age and we were on the same sales team. And I told him that I wanted to invest in this thing. And he made fun of me because he's like, this cryptocurrency thing, it sounds like a scam. <laughs> and so I didn't invest back then. And, you know, I, I remember too, um, and one of our, so somebody I worked with at this job, Nick Arthur, I interviewed on one of the earlier episodes of this podcast. So I would encourage you. It's the only interview I've done. I mean, it's one of my, one of my friends that I've, I've kept that relationship with all these years. Um, but you'll hear this story in that episode. So again, I would highly encourage you to go back in the archives and find it. Nick Arthur is his name. But we both invested in um, uh, this company stock that we were in, and we lost all of our $500, which was like a tremendous amount of money for me at this point in my life. Um, but yeah, those, those were good times, but I was starting to learn a little bit about money and finance, just reading books and watching YouTube and that sort of thing. Ended up leaving that job um, and getting a job at a small startup, a luxury timepiece company here in, in Kansas. Um, Learned a lot through that process. You know, it didn't work out. I was only there about four months, but learned a ton um, throughout that process of working there and what a startup kind of feels like and all of that. Uh, again, still didn't know much about finance at this point and actually ended up cashing out my 401k from the marketing company again um, to, to pay bills. So again, like these decisions that I'm making throughout this process, um, don't add up super well. And again, at this point, I, I think I had, I think my son was a couple years old. So we ended up having another child and I can't remember exactly in this time frame when that happened. Um, one of the dumbest financial decisions I've made throughout the process happened at that time because we drove a small, I can't remember what we drove. I can't remember if we had a small Honda Fit or what, but um, I, we, we wanted a bigger vehicle because we had two kids coming and we couldn't really fit all of them in the Honda Fit. No pun intended. And um, we were going back and forth, my wife, and we were just arguing about what car we should get. And, you know, I wanted to get, a, I think it was a Toyota Highlander that was like base model, but it was the nicest car that I'd ever had. Of course, used, very used. Um, no four-wheel drive, no nothing. I wanted to get that. And my wife wanted a, a 2012 Ford Explorer Limited with every option, heated seats, cooled seats, navigation, like blind spot model, like all these things back in the day, especially when I came from driving like a 92 Dodge half ton truck with 200,000 miles and, you know, a red Honda hatchback, um, with, you know, hundred thousand miles on it, 92 Honda hatchback. Like I drove straight hoopties and I never had a problem with driving beaters because it was all I knew. You know, when I bought that Honda fit, when my wife and I bought that Honda fit, I felt like I was driving off the lot in a Bentley. 
I thought I was doing it. And I whipped that bad boy around to my parents and showed it off. And I was telling them, well, how much space is in the back? Meanwhile, my mom scrunched back there with two car seats. Like, yeah, it was just, uh, it was comical. But for, for my wife and I, um, who like didn't even pay for internet in our apartment, we were so tight on money. Having this Honda Fit was a big deal. So anyways, we sold that Honda Fit and we ended up buying this, this car, this, this Ford Explorer that I think we paid $23,000 for back when I was not making much money at all. I can't remember how much I was making. Um, at, at the, I think we were at the marketing company at the time. I can't remember. Um, but it was not much money at all, especially for you know being a single-income household. Way, way, way um, more than anything I should have, have bought. And so this is just kind of telling you like, you know, we, I have made money mistakes throughout the way and I've had to dig myself out of, you know, credit card debt, uh, furniture debt, personal loans with the bank, uh, ridiculous car payments, all this stuff. So, um, eventually, and I'll, I'll kind of get off my, the career train here. So you guys kind of know, but I started a company at a company that I'm still at to this day. Um, it was referred to this company by somebody that I worked with at the marketing company I was at before, and I still work with him to this day. He's a great guy. Uh, and my career has really grown inside of this company, and I've, I started making more money. And it was throughout this process that I really started uh, learning a lot about finance and talking to my parents and my friends about finance and what to do with extra money and clawing our way out of debt, and it took a long time. You know, I, and I don't know down to the penny and I wish I would have calculated it from day one, but I mean, we spent years and years and years and I think ended up paying maybe off forty to $50,000 in debt throughout that process. And this is while my wife staying at home with our two children, my youngest of which we're going through the process of figuring out has special needs and all the medical things that come along with that and medical expenses um, and all the, you know, dumb expenses that we spent on eating out and, and, you know, doing things that we shouldn't, you know, throughout this process, you know, we ended up paying off, like I said, 40 to $50,000 in debt. Throughout this process, we ended up buying my, my first house. I bought my first house. I think my wife was 21 maybe. And I was 20, I can't even remember, 23 so bought, bought our first home pretty young, um, a process that, you know, we stumbled upon because we got a grant through our, our mortgage lender um, for the down payment. We didn't have the money for it. I didn't know the first thing about owning a property. I just knew that I always wanted to do it, and we kind of just did it. And it's one of the best decisions we've ever made, actually. Um, we made a lot of money off of that house. It's where I kind of developed my passion for, for renovating and doing house projects, which you've, if you've listened to some previous podcasts, I still... And building on that knowledge to this day, I just completely gutted and renovated my own bathroom. Um, but we made we made a significant amount of money on that home. It was a small two bedroom, one bath, nine hundred square foot house, and we ended up um, buying the house that we're in now, um, which again we're really grateful for. And the only way that we were able to even do that is because of how well our house appreciated, um, because of not only the market but the updates we did to that place. And that was a great home for us. But it's all throughout this process when I started the job that I'm in now that I started really learning about finance. I, I listened to a lot of Dave Ramsey. Love that man for what he does. Don't agree with everything that he says, but he um, really set me, and I'm grateful, he set me on a, a right track on how to think about money. Um, I started reading books about investing. I didn't really know what that meant or what that looked like. And I, I started, um, what I always tell you guys, I started using Acorns um, to invest money slowly but surely. Literally when I opened that account, I was investing $5 every Friday because that's all I could afford. 
But I started seeing that money accumulate. I started seeing what compound interest was like. I started seeing what dividends were like. Had no idea what these things were, but as I started seeing this happen, I started reading more and I became more interested because all of a sudden, instead of me just putting in hours for my money at a job, only to squander it away on $23,000 explorers, explorers, excuse me, I call them exploiers, <laughs> fancy word for explorer. Um, as I'm, I'm seeing these wins, I'm starting to, I'm starting to get more interested. Um, and I'm starting to learn more. I'm starting to read books, like I said. Um, and as I'm starting to earn more money, um, I'm fortunately able to start living some of these good principles out more and more because we were out of debt and I was starting to make more money and we were starting to actually enjoy some of the things that some of the, some of the money that we were earning. Um, and so really, and that kind of, I guess, lines us all the way up to pretty close to now is I, I wanted to start a, 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 some sort of platform, whether it was a podcast, which obviously this is kind of what I've kind of taken to. I, I really enjoy this, this platform and, and this mode of communication, um, or a website or, or YouTube. Like I, I wanted to talk about finance and tell people my story and educate young people especially on how to be successful so that they can um, achieve what they want to achieve in their life. Because there's a lot of uses for money, but one of the biggest things is I'm using it as a vehicle for freedom. And I'm using it as a vehicle to give to people. And I'm using it as a vehicle and a conduit for peace in my life in my wife's life, and my, my kid's life. Because there's tremendous stress that comes from living paycheck to paycheck, and there's a tremendous amount of freedom knowing that you don't have to live that way. And there's a tremendous amount of fun that comes from being able to, you know, go out and, and buy lunch and eat out lunch and eat out dinner and, and, you know, go to the park and, you know, for me, you know, drive fun cars because that's what I'm passionate about. <laughs> That's the, those are the decisions that don't make financial sense if you were to look at my books is, is how I purchase cars probably too often. Um, and I, I will be the first one to tell you that. I, I love vehicles. And, and, but you know I think there needs to be a place wisely and with wisdom that you enjoy your money, and that's what I do. My wife loves hanging out with friends, and that's the way she enjoys our money, and that's what she does. And a lot of people might say, well, you spend too much here and you spend too much there, but we've built in balance into our life so that we can still invest aggressively and save aggressively and give and um, do all of the things that we want to do while enjoying what we're doing and while we're doing it. And I think that balance is incredibly important. I talk a lot about the psychology behind money here because money isn't just math. If we did everything by just math, we would eat the cheapest food possible that would keep us alive and you know we would never take vacations and we'd only drive old cars that we could purchase with cash and we would you know never really do anything fun but the the thing about money and harnessing our psychology as humans is that we have to balance it with enjoyment as well or we get burnt out or we have to figure out how to navigate our desires so that we can actually pay off that debt because if 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 we just rely solely upon the numbers those decisions to pay off the debt and not eat out would come easily, but they don't because we're human and there's psychology mixed in with this. You know, so I like to talk a lot about that. Um, so we find ourselves today with me still learning a tremendous amount about money. I am not a licensed professional and I'm not by any means a financial expert, but what I'm trying to navigate are what are practical ways to build wealth, to give, and to enjoy the money that I'm earning. 
Soon I'll be 30. I'll be 30 this year in just a couple months. That's a tremendous milestone for me. I want to be able to potentially retire early. I want to be able to take great vacations with my children and show them the mountains and the beach. I want to be able to um, buy gifts for my, my siblings and my parents and my in-laws and entertain them in a house that's conducive to entertaining and that will bless them when they're, when they're over. Um, I want to drive cars that I find fun and adventurous. You know, one of the things that I'm looking at now is that I want to start doing some sort of overlanding or off-roading to get out in nature. I, I love to fish and, you know, I want to eventually buy some, some um, recreational property to spend some time on in camp. I want to buy some rental properties, right? So like I'm, I'm building this life that I, that I want to, and it's because I've, you know, made a lot of sacrifices again, while also making a lots of mistakes, but I've made a lot, I've made lots of sacrifices and right decisions to hopefully be able to achieve some of these goals. Now we're not promised tomorrow and I'm not, I'm not promised to keep the income that I'm making at this time. But while I am doing that and while I do have today, while I'm still breathing, I want to make sure that I'm not squandering what I have. Again, that balance between YOLO, which I don't like, but there's some truth to that, right? Like we're not promised tomorrow. So there needs to be a balance of enjoying the now while also looking toward the future, not only for yourself, but for your family and your friends. Because if you are financially responsible and you incorporate that into your life, um, your responsibility can bless others around you. It doesn't even just have to be your, your family you live with. It can bless others around you. So that's where I'm at now. Like I'm loving recording this podcast. I'm loving creating content, though I, I need to be more disciplined and do it more regularly in terms of episodes outside of this podcast. And, you know, I'm loving uh, building wealth. I love building wealth. You know, I, I'll admit it. I, I enjoy that. And, you know, something that I'm trying to get better at is increasing my giving now that you know, we're, we're even in a better spot than we were a couple years ago and trying to figure out ways to build giving into, um, our, my every, you know, couple week, every month process that I do with my money. I just got done talking about my wife about that. And, you know, I do want to say too, that throughout this whole process, you know, while there were, um, arguments or there was some contention, I don't know if that's the right word or not, um, with my wife and I, um, she's been an absolute trooper, (laughs) with me throughout this process, you know, because it hasn't always been easy. It hasn't always, it's been a lot of me harping on, you know, Hey, well, we got to make this decision or we got to make this decision. We got to make this decision. And so, you know, that aren't fun, you know, like it, let's not do fun now so we can do fun later. And sometimes that's a hard sell. And, and, you know, I give her all the kudos in the world for sticking with me and having that shared vision so that we can get to the place that we are and are going because we're not there yet. We are not there yet. Um, but my motivation, um, and thank you, Lily. You know, I just say, I don't know if you listen to the podcast. I don't think you do. But, you know, for everything that we've done up until this point, I just want to say thank you. Um, I kind of lost my train. Of, oh, so my passion comes from living this out. And what I want to accomplish with this podcast and with my millennial economics platform is imparting the knowledge that I've gained and, and, and from life experience and imparting the knowledge that I've learned from um, books and videos and podcasts um, to help you navigate your finances so that you can experience peace and freedom and prosperity and you can partake in the joys of giving um, and you can bless others around you. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
So that was a, the longest episode I've probably done since the first few. Um, I kind of got on this train of micro episodes, but um, I'm going to leave you with that. I really appreciate it. Um, hopefully me telling you my freaking life story um, didn't bore you, um, but gave you a deeper view into kind of who I am and, and why I do what I do. Um, and yeah, thank you for tuning in and, you know, maybe, or maybe, and we will, uh, we'll talk again very soon. Thanks guys.